This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Bean. Welcome back. Beamer, glad to see you. We have been off for uh, a couple weeks now. We did a big two-hour show for our 200th episode. We got pissed drunk right after that. Oh, yeah. And then just didn't do anything for two weeks. You went on vacation immediately after. And uh, now we're back, and we're going to do episode 201, which is such a letdown compared to episode 200. I got to be honest. The numbers don't really – they shouldn't matter this much. But in my head, I'm like, it's 201. We're 99 away from the next big – Milestone. I guess if you want to say 250, we could. Yeah. 250 doesn't really have the same ring. No, too. it doesn't have the same 300. ring. I agree. 300. Yeah. Sparta, baby. This is <laughs> King Leonidas episode. What's That's... been going on with you over the last two weeks? I feel I haven't seen you. I've yeah. Been, I was it's... up in northern Michigan just kind of recharging the batteries, man, catching fish, drinking some beer. Like, I had a great time. It's always a good time to get away and, like, put the phone down on social media and everything just to kind of reset my body. That how, is, how, that's how, such a good thing to do. How have you been? All right. I'm, I'm good, man. I, uh, I want to know about your trip. The only thing I will tell you that happened, there are lots of things that happened interesting in the last couple weeks for me, but the the big thing for me that I have found is, you know I like my bourbon. Mm-hmm. I found a little group in my neighborhood that are bourbon aficionados. Nice. And when I say bourbon aficionados, I mean I went over there for technically a tequila night. <laughs> they get it together once a month. They always have a featured beverage of some kind, and then bourbon is always there. And I go over for tequila night, we're eating chips and salsa and drinking tequila, and it was delicious. And so I tried so many different tequilas, and it was awesome. But this is walking distance to my house. Uh, dangerous. So I don't have to drive anywhere. That was an excellent development. And then the neighbor who hosts this, Janelle, in our neighborhood, she says, would you like some stag? Whoa. And I said, I sure would. And she pulls yes, out please. barrel-proof 130 stag that i have i've never had this it's a tough find oh it's a tough find that's indeed not, my friend. that's, that's a, not even doing it justice no i mean if you know bourbon stag is one yeah. of the 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 grail type of bourbons you can get and it's it's short of pappy that's about yeah it's like next it's it's, it's next it's under that right next it's to one it. of those type of bourbons yeah. that only the the rarefied get or you spend 1200 bucks you can find it yeah. but who wants to do that so she's out there pouring, and I tell you, man, this thing hit my lips, and I have had my life changed. Really? I, like, I I never understood. I love bourbon. I never understood it could be this good. I've, I, this is I'm truly glad you and had, honestly. I'm glad you had that experience. Did you not like it when you tried it? No. Or, have you, or have you gotten to try I've it? I've never all? tried it. Okay. But I know that there's, like, I don't, there's a difference between, for me, like a really good whiskey and an expensive bottle of whiskey. Yes. Because not everything is kind of like symbiotic in that relationship. Like just because a bottle of whiskey costs $200 doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to like it. So like Whistle Pig, for example, is an expensive bottle. I've heard lots of good things. I, I've never had any. I don't like it. I, really? Yeah. I've, I've had it one time. I'm like, this is not this is not my alley to the people that do. Like, okay, good for you. But I would much rather, I would I would rather drink just like, I don't know, some just a nice like regular green bottle of Weller. Like sure. to me yeah. is like it's hands down superior, but it's just taste palate. So I feel like when you get a chance to drink some of these 
and you get very excited about it, sometimes there's a letdown. I'm glad to know that that didn't happen with you. Yeah, it was it was all it was cracked up to be, and then some. And then as we were talking, um, our my new friend Janelle, who now has become my best friend ever, and I will <laughs> I will do anything she needs me to to make sure I get invited to these parties. She then up on her cabinet, I saw you know where people sometimes might keep like an expensive yeah like a gifted plate like mm-hmm. an old you know plate of like the the queen if your grandmother did that or or whatever like, like where pep Guardiola nice. keeps his like <laughs> fa community shields at. Yeah. yeah she had not one but two bottles of pappy nice. and she said that's not for today but that is a friend of hers who's out of town who's like on some long journey overseas something when they come back into town she said that night we will get the pappy down better make sure you're there for that one. that's what i'm saying so that's probably the biggest development for me lots of <laughs> also like my kids Got out of school and everybody's like, that's <laughs> yeah, all good. We're fine. doing that stuff Who too. Who cares about them? Your trip I saw was, uh, it was Scotland in October. Is what I, it, it was 45 like. degrees. It was gray. It was rainy. <laughs> I had a great time because I like fishing. So I was cool. I saw out. you actually caught some fish on this fishing trip. It looked like. I did. From what I, could I tell. take pictures on social media of like small perch and mess. But like we do catch some decent size. Well, because your joke there, has yeah. been for years was like, yeah, I go fishing and I don't even bring a or we go fishing, but I don't even bring a pole because yeah. you're there for the, you know, for the camaraderie and the, mm-hmm. let's be honest, there's some beverages passed around. Everybody enjoys that. Yeah. But I, but I saw some pictures that seem to indicate you do know your way around a little bit of a, a jig. That's right. A little I can, bit of a fishing I can, line. I can, I can hook up a jig just fine. You've got some trilene in your fingernails. I do. Is what do you do? And yeah. It's taken me literally until this week to get, like, everything. All that grime. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. See, even if you just, like, the simplest of fishing is you just get a worm on a hook, right? But the dirt from the worm is some kind of dirt that I think yeah. they could build buildings out of because oh, it does yeah. not go. You can wash it. You can scrub it. You can hit it with elect- like electrolysis. Whatever you do, UV radiation doesn't kill that stuff. I don't know what does. You can't get it out of your fingernails. And I do when I'm up there, like if it's in the morning or I'm just going by myself and like having a cup of coffee, like it's worm, it's sinker, it's bobber. Just because I think that's that's fun. It's too much. It's too when you have to throw in and like if you have like a top water thing, like you've got to continuously oh, like and reel wor- and – you know, you got to jig it. And like, eh, I like that, but I also like throwing a bobber in the water and watching it for like five minutes while drinking a cup of coffee. I like going out there to just watch the water, basically. I was going to throw this reference at you, but in fairness, you may not know the reference. I'm surprised I do. Do you know the reference of a Bill Dance? If I said Bill Dance to you, no, you know who I that is? Got to look that guy up. Bill Dance was like back in the 90s. This guy who I think was on maybe ESPN, but I know he was on like TNN, okay. which became Spike and then became you know, all those other channels that's yep. become since the Nashville network. He w- would wear a Tennessee ball cap, like the Tennessee football team. He's a Southern guy, but every episode they had bloopers of him tripping over like his, his tow rig on his truck <laughs> or dropping his like everything and falling in the water. I mean, he knew fishing. He was like a tournament pro fisherman. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was going to say, you know, Bill dance flipping the, you know, the little top water bait out there right. right under the brush and then getting a big largemouth bass to come in and get it. But, Go look up Bill Dance bloopers. I will. Give you some good times. I aspire to be him. Um, so we have we will actually talk soccer, believe it or not, on this fine radio program slash podcast. That's episode 202. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to catch up. You People don't know this. I mean, as much as we are friends outside of work, we don't see each other outside of work a lot because you work early and I work later. Correct. So we sometimes don't even see each other for a week at a time. But in either case, it's good to catch up, and I've enjoyed that. Hopefully the audience did too. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, now... Let's talk a little soccer. On the show today, we will get into some of the silly scene stuff going over in uh, the Premier League, of course. We will talk about 
the crew doing great things as they continue to do with the attendance, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the results every single time out on the field, but some positive, I think positive steps are being made. So we'll we'll get into that. Uh, The U.S. women's national team roster has been announced for the upcoming World Cup. And it's almost here. I'm excited for that. We actually get a World Cup in the summer. What a great concept what that is. What a novel idea that is, right? And we will talk about the U.S. men's national, the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> what's old is new. What's new is old. We wasted seven months to come back to the same guy. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the Greg Berhalter hire in a little bit. Hey, and we're CONCACAF Nations League champions. Oh, yeah. That was great. It, well, I have many thoughts on that. We'll get there. We're going to do that. We'll do that in the next segment because what I want to bring up here, and this is the biggest news that we haven't covered in like the two weeks since it happened because we were gone. Lionel Messi's coming to MLS, baby. Oh, my God. And I'm curious to see how you feel because you remember the David Beckham thing. You remember Thierry Henry coming here. I went to... Crew Stadium to watch David to, Beckham to black out the galaxy. And I, you were there to light up the galaxy for David Beckham. I you had no, I, I had never been to a professional soccer game in my life. Like yeah. that was the first game that I went to because this mega superstar David Beckham was coming over and of course playing for the opposition. But that was the first, that's the first crew game I had ever been to. Mm-hmm. And it was for, it was for that. It was yeah, for the spectacle right. that was David Beckham. And people at the time said, David Beckham's going to change major league soccer. You watch, he's going to put it on the map. And, and I mean, it did, but it didn't, you know, even you were someone as a kid who went there and who enjoyed that game, I'm sure, and had a good time seeing him, but you still, I think, remained for quite a while, a mostly Premier League fan who was aware of the crew and would come and watch games of the crew. I just want to caution people on Lionel Messi coming to MLS that as cool as it is, and sure, if I get a chance to see him in person, it will be, it'll be like drinking that stack, man. Yeah. It'll be like a once in a lifetime, holy cow, that's awesome. I get to tell my grandkids, I saw this dude play. If I were in New York for the Cosmos when Pele was playing for them in the 70s, I would have gone even if the dude was like 45 or whatever he was. Why not, man? This is, it's, it's historic to see a guy of that caliber. I do feel bad for the people who are buying $500,000, $800,000 tickets to see this guy and their home team that they're buying the tickets for plays on turf. It's not going to happen, dude. I'll be shocked if it does. So they man. play Charlotte and they play Atlanta in their run-in, and like, I mean, it's guaranteed that he will not play in those. He'll games. be there. He'll, he'll pop. I mean, well, oh, you're saying because he won't be available yet for no, the- no, no. I'm just saying oh, he yeah. will be available. Those games I think happen in uh, September oh, and okay, August. Okay, okay. But gotcha. There is a zero percent chance. I don't. I don't that think he will play. play on turf. Yeah. Why I don't would think he he'll play? It's the Why? most valuable pair of legs in the world. Yeah. And. I mean, maybe his answer is, if you hear some of the things he's been saying, maybe he plays only for this reason. On turf, I'm saying. On the artificial turf. For those who are not aware, most international players do not play on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's FIFA won't let games go on on it, at least not high-level, you know, World Cup, yeah. things like that. Euros are never going to happen on artificial turf, stuff like that. Yeah, when we get the World Cup here in three years' they time. They will put down regular grass. Even though all of the, if not most of the stadiums have artificial turf on them. Yes, like they'll bring right. in sod for millions of dollars and make sure that it's all right. Yeah. I and, and who knows, man, maybe that's an impetus to get more of these stadiums to actually get real grass again. Cause maybe they'll say, you know what? It's worth it to have real grass for this world cup. Cause we don't want to get a reputation of it causing injuries. Maybe they'll, instead of just trucking it in, maybe they'll just make it permanent. I don't know. In either case, it would really suck if you do that. And then he's there in a tracksuit just waving yeah. and then sitting on the bench. 
Like, I mean, but that's a distinct possibility for some of these people. I know it's a possibility anyway, because you could go out for two matches and then tweak a hamstring and not play for a month. That's also a real thing. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to diminish how cool it is that Lionel it's, Messi's really going to cool. be here. It's really cool. And I don't at all think it's, again, I sound like such a hipster douchebag of like, don't get excited about it, man. We've already done this. I remember David Beckham. Like, I know I'm being a douchebag about this a little bit, and I know he's a much bigger star even than David Beckham was. I also know that the reality is, unless you can get someone to go to a St. Louis-Portland game after Lionel Messi is done, and that person is a season ticket holder who goes back and often shows up to these things, it doesn't necessarily fix your league, right? This is not going to vault them to a top-five league in the world. No, it's not going to vault them to a top-five league in the world, but also at the same time, I think you look at Miami and what they've been in MLS and they've had a decently hard time getting people in the door, but yeah. a hard time selling people their product and like going to games on a night in night out basis. So hopefully what this does for their franchise. Now I know when he comes here to Columbus and he goes down to like Cincinnati or Nashville, like whatever, it'll be packed. And as it should yes, be right. like for an opportunity for you to see Lionel Messi and one of the greatest players to ever have a soccer ball dropped at his foot. Um, but what it, what you would hope it would do for the league in Miami's perspective would be stabilize what they have going on, at least in their home capacity. Yeah, it should, man. And, and I, that's and I know a, their season tickets have already jumped through the roof and everyone's yeah, excited. That'll As, be done. If you were an inter Miami supporter, you should be through the roof that you're getting this guy. Right. And maybe you'll become the real inter by that's the time right. it's all said and done. That's correct. Who knows? Uh, I know this though. Season tickets around MLS next year. Yeah. Go ahead and bank on those going up. I would imagine that every I'm saying every because every fan base who didn't get to, everyone who didn't get to see him this year will say, hey, we got to get season tickets next year. And all these teams are going to know that Apple plus will probably go up. That'll probably go up too. they got to pay him. He's getting a fee of every one of these subscriptions. Yeah. So look, it's uh rising tide raises all boats. Let's hope that let's hope that's true. I want this league to stay successful and to continue to grow. We'll talk about some of that growth when we come back, and we'll talk about an MLS, uh, you know, longtime stalwart who's back with the U.S. national team. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. And uh, if you are listening to this on the radio, you're not listening on the podcast, make sure you check out our podcast. Just search Bone and Beam United wherever you get those. And if you are listening on a podcast, but you just stumbled across it, hit subscribe. Maybe you saw Lionel Messi in the title. You thought it was going to be an hour of Lionel Messi discussion, and it turns out it's not. Well, subscribe anyway, because we will talk about him and other things related to European soccer and MLS. So... Thanks for checking us out. You're a bad person to ask this because I know you're a crew fan. You could have just stopped with you're a bad person. But yeah, go ahead. That, that's, that's fine. true. But can you see yourself? Again, this is it's so tough to ask because I know you're a diehard crew fan. But can you see yourself going and purchasing a ticket? Like, let's say you didn't have season tickets. Can yeah. you see yourself buying like a $400, $500 ticket or a $1,000 ticket down here? Here. Here, down here, the LDC. It's not about it's not about Messi. I don't feel bad about that question. I I'll tell you this: if it was just me, and I didn't have kids, it'd be a no brainer to drop down five hundred, a thousand. I and I know this is going to sound like a cop out. I promise you, it's not. And I don't mean that because I have like just oh, I have hundreds of thousands. No, yeah. like I 
dropping $500 on a soccer ticket yeah. is not something I do. That's not a right. thing. Yeah. That's not where I am. As much as I know we're on the radio, people have their thoughts of who we are. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, family. Drinking stag. Huh? <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> no, I was joking because that the play, the woman's house that I went to, she's single, no kids, like probably in her 50s, and she's been a manager at high level of a company for like 25 That's years. Why. <laughs> That's why she can find that stuff. I was laughing because I'm like, I got to You're living the dream here. You, you got no attachments or patio. Gorgeous, gorgeous patio. Let me just say the stonework immaculate. So all that said to say, I would break the bank or put myself out or do something to see him one time. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is something now I'd go to the game and I'd be screaming for the crew yeah. to like a night, not, physically but like annihilate Miami in that game I'd want him to be embarrassed I'd want I'd want to see like a couple things where he just runs through the defense and then misses the shot and then I'd want to see the crew take it to him four to nothing that's what I'd want sure will I do that not I'm not going to do that with the kids unless I can get because I I would not want to go now knowing that I have children I would not want to go and not take them yeah just because I feel like that opportunity for me as a dad is something I would have wanted for, like, my parents. If they could have at the time, if mm-hmm. something like this had presented itself back when I was a kid, I, I don't know how it would feel as, as a child if my dad came home and was like, yeah, I just got to see one of the greatest players in the history of the world of sports, and you like the sport, but uh, I just went and did it myself. My parents always brought me to things. Yeah. My dad took me to Bobby Rahal's garage, like, to, to meet him one time because he was an IndyCar driver from Columbus, and we liked that stuff. But he didn't just go by himself. He brought me and my brother, and we were probably like, I don't know, five and eight or something. I'm sure it was a pain in the ass for him to take us. Yeah. But he did that because he wanted us to get the experience too, and I'll never forget that. So I, that's a long-winded answer to say, yes, I would buy the tickets. I just know if I – I don't know if I can literally financially afford, them, afford yeah. to get three or four tickets to do that. Right. It's not that's, – that's, that's why. Uh, what about you, though? What would you do? I'm, are you going to break the bank to try to see him if he is here? I don't, it's just so tough for me, man. It's so, so tough. I mean, one of the greatest players of all time, $500 for just me to go. Now, Willie isn't at the age yet where he's going to understand that. Sure, that's that. different. Like, right. Next and summer, I, and I he'll be a year and a half old. Like, he's not going to remember doing I have that. A, I have a four-year-old I wouldn't take to the game. But my older two, for sure, would remember it and know about it. I would do it by, like, if you're right. If I was by myself, I probably would. If I'm able to, like, next year, yeah, and would right. be able to make that happen then yeah i think i think for sure here's what i would not do i would not travel to a game where i'm a neutral no to go see him just because of the the very like one i have to travel i have to pay all that extra and then i don't know if he's gonna play you i mean not because because he could have milos dejanic happen and then he just isn't playing for a little bit that like no offense to milos i'm just saying like you can get hurt things happen it's soccer so i that's why i wouldn't but i if i bought tickets to a crew game and he didn't play i would that would suck to have five hundred dollars out, yeah. but I would say, oh well, whatever. I'm just going to make this the best damn crew yeah. game I've ever had. I'm going to have a blast, and I'm not going to worry about what I spent. I took the gamble, knowing that I may not get to see him play, but I would take the gamble for me, if I could swing it or if I could get tickets cheap enough in that like five to eight hundred dollars somewhere like that. I'd pay for three total mm-hmm. <laughs> for that yeah. to get my kids in, but that's about it. Um, speaking of the crew and tickets, eight straight sellouts mm. for the crew, which is a single season club record. That's awesome. Uh, and this is this is including the match on July 1st against New York, which, of course, for some of you is today because you're listening to this on the radio. That is incredible. And I, for longtime crew fans, I don't have to tell you this, but for newer crew fans, you might say, 
You mean they weren't selling out every game before when they built this new stadium? You, I, I wish you could understand what a big deal this is for for fans of a team who have you know watched this through the years where they they just struggled to get people there until the summer. Mm-hmm. This used to be a seasonal business where July and August they'd have strong crowds because the weather's typically nice. It's, you know, in the evening it's like 75, 80 degrees. I think the nice thing too about the whole Apple TV deal, and it's maybe not the best for the cons. I guess I am a consumer of it. I know when the games are going to be played. Like I know it's seven thirty on Saturday night. Yes, like, I and I feel really... like in the past and like the past couple of years, it's like, well, is it a three o'clock game? Is it on a Saturday? Is it on a Sunday? Is it a nighttime game? Is it a afternoon? Like I would have no clue the rhyme or the reason as to when the games would be played. Yeah. And now the good thing is, even though you probably can't watch as many other games as you would like to, that if you're just a fan of one team, I know when my team is playing basically every single week, unless you get one of those big national windows. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that is another key part of this. I do think, too, you know, the fact that you're seeing all these sellouts, I think this is going to spur things for the crew. They have to keep playing well and mm-hmm. play better, and we'll talk about some of the on-the-field stuff, but I do think the fact that you have all this momentum for MLS kind of with Messi, next year I bet their season tickets go up oh, for yeah. the crew. And I don't mean the prices. I mean people buying them, yeah. not just for Messi, but because now in Columbus you've got this vibe of, hey, if I want tickets, it's not a guarantee that every week I'm just going to be able to go find a bunch of tickets at face value. I may have to pay extra. Maybe I should just lock in season tickets and not worry about it. And I think I will, that will be more next year. The Apple TV thing is included with that, which is not a huge expense, but it's something. And then you might have a chance to see Lionel Messi too. I like. I think there will be even more. I'm saying don't, don't think this record's going to stand very long. I think next year, as long as the team is decent and they keep playing at a decent level, you could see more of this. Just from a soccer viewing perspective and the cool thing to do, yeah. it's a world-class atmosphere down there. Oh. It's a world-class stadium. I mean, I told you, like, the first time that I went in it, I mean, I've, I've been very lucky to be able to go to some really, really cool places. and do You've some... been to England. You've watched Manchester United at Old Trafford. I mean, you've... you've... I haven't watched them at... Or you've been to Old Trafford. I've been to Old Trafford. Right. I'm sorry. I watched, we watched Arsenal and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, well, which is like, I well, mean, that, yeah, it's as good as it great. gets. yeah. And it was every bit as goosebump-inducing walking in there, seeing the structure, and then seeing the field for the first time. Like, and every time I go in, I have that same feeling, and I don't get a, I don't get that feeling a lot of places that I go. And so, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's an awesome, it's just an awesome thing to do. It is, and I, and I am happy that we have this in Columbus. Um, We'll we'll take a break. We'll come back. I know we're kind of discombobulated from our schedule, but I think we've hit on some good things. We will get to that. We will get to Greg and the U.S. national team, men's national team, the women's national team. Plenty of stuff to talk about, and the crew playing Nashville. A little bit on the field discussion as well. That's all next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United and let us know, uh, are you more likely to buy season tickets next year with all the stuff we just talked about with the crew? If you're not a season ticket holder now, or if you are, and you're going to renew the messy thing, the Apple TV thing, the fact it's always kind of Saturdays at 730. We got that kind of worked out. The fact the crew are just good. The fact that the stadium is awesome. And the fact that you might just selling out like watching Columbus crew soccer play and you plan on watching them for every single game. Well, right. Like, I mean, I'll... Full disclosure, I haven't been to a game yet this year. 
because early on in the season, our schedule didn't allow for it. And now it's starting to open up a little bit with school being out, summer's here, and guess what? All the games are sold out. So it's not like I, I know I'll get to one, but yeah, it's already got me thinking because I didn't get season tickets this year. Maybe next year is the year to jump back in on that and try to carve out some more time in the schedule. I'll tell you, the only thing that really made me drop the season tickets the last time around was the fact you couldn't swap them out for different games. Yeah. But that's the product. That's a new, that's a thing that's probably not going to be available ever again in no. a Kruger stadium, <laughs> especially if they keep selling out because yeah. you're not going to be able to move to get four tickets in one section the next game when you didn't go use your two this time because those four are going to be sold too. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing to see. So let's talk real quick on the field. We know in the last few weeks since you and I have discussed things, Beam, uh, the crew got that job done against Chicago with the little 2-1 win with the ridiculous Lucas Zellerayan stoppage time <sighs> from midfield winner. Holy hell, what a goal that was. And, of course, rescuing two points when you sh- probably didn't earn them right in that game. Like Chicago came back, got a late goal, not ideal. But then out of nowhere, you get this ridiculous, you're never likely going to see it again type of game-winning goal. People were very mean to me online about this goal, and they said, that's the first time that anybody said a nice kick from over 50 yards in Chicago sports history, and I'm like, you son of a gun. Mm, that's Thanks a lot for good. the Cody Parkey double-doink reminder. That's but yeah, good. it's just, so we have we have asked, like on this podcast, it's like, Lucas needs to step up, like he's been playing fantastic, Cucho needs to step up, like, you guys are doing that. They're doing it, man. They're, I mean, Cucho's contributing a goal in yep. what, like eight or nine straight games now, or something, maybe it's more than that, maybe I'm confusing that in the salad streak, and Lucas is having a great year. Yeah. Um, you know who else is is uh, having a good year is Christian Ramirez. Like, nice pickup for the crew this season. I, think, I didn't think anything of that when they signed him. I didn't either. I thought it was just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, I guess some, a depth move. Kudos to Bez for that one. Right. Well, the goal he scored in New York. And, and by the way, wow. who helped with that? Cucho, set, Cucho started that movement, right, and a nice assist as well, a secondary assist. But he got on the end of it and didn't miss. And it was a nice finish. He has six goals in 14 games. It's good. Dude, from your not primary weapon or not mm-hmm. even your secondary primary yeah. weapon, that's that's a huge development for this team. If if he continues, I also like the fact that it's six and fourteen. That's a nice little six one four reference. Shout out six one four. That it can't. That's done after this week. I'm but also still. tired of this team giving up goals in the last minutes of the game. <laughs> right. We've been positive. Points. Yeah. <laughs> Here here's my. Let's quit that. Well, the roller coaster that we always yeah. go on. Your roller coaster goes much higher and lower than mine. Mine is a little bit more of a flatter. Uh, hills and valleys, but the positive spin on that is you have not, the crew have not been healthy all year. So now getting health, starting to get a little bit of health. I saw Josh Williams going to play with crew two, which I saw that the, uh, some of the supporters groups noted the crew are getting handsomer and handsomer by the minute. <laughs> and that is correct. But you know, his veteran presence, if he can stay healthy, this is the guy who knows the league as well as anyone. And I think can still get the job done. And they've got 10 points in the last four games. So 10 out of 12. That ain't bad. No, it's not. I, you were I, close to getting 12 out of 12. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take 10 out of 12. And I think it evens out a bit because that New York City game, what it, a bad deflection mm-hmm. in stoppage time. Not that the ball got deflected in, but deflected to a guy who then had a better angle at a shot. And Mo Farsi, you saw after that goal, he's just pounding his yeah. fist on the ground because he knew... We let this one slip away, and that's frustrating, right? And they almost did the same thing against Chicago. So you could say there's a little worrying trend of late in games starting to leak goals again. I hope that doesn't continue, but I think the fact that the crew have found ways to get points out of all these matches against not the best teams in MLS 
by far. But that's what you got to do if you want to be a playoff team, right? Just take care of business. So they didn't on the road against New York, but they did get a point in a weird place in New York. Should have been the, the three, but Chicago, you're probably not getting a, you know, a lightning strike from <laughs> yeah. 60 yards usually as well. So Take I'm saying kind of evens out there. Let's see what they do against one of the better teams in MLS. This is a true test for the crew at home against Nashville. Got thrashed against them just a month ago. Right. At it was, their place. It was not. They looked competitive for a half. And then Nashville was like, oh, wait, we're Nashville. You're not. And put the pedal down. Right. Crew were up 1-0. And then final, I believe, was 3-1. So, yeah. So let's see if that improves i'm not saying it's going to be the crew go out three yeah. nothing or anything like that let's just see what the improvement is off of that uh no aiden morris for this game he will be out with u.s national team duties and congrats to him for that uh so we can talk a little bit about the u.s national team and this will probably leak over into the next segment but what the hell are they doing i know there are a lot of crew fans who feel like this was the obvious solution and justice has been done and greg is back i i really don't understand I understand why crew fans love Greg Berhalter because I mean, half the people online who are touting this guy have his phone number. You know, I'm like, I understand if you're like a personal friend of his, or yeah. if you have a connection with him from that, from his time here, I'm not, I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just saying as a soccer fan, I don't get what we think this guy did other than take a generation of talent that has some of the most talented players I've ever seen in U S national team Jersey and watch them get destroyed by the Netherlands when they actually faced a decent team and a good coach. So here's my two cents on the entire situation. Can both things be true that Greg Berhalter is winning his coach in U.S. men's national team history? Yeah. Like you've had great success over Mexico in the le- mo- most recent years than what you've had? Yeah. Sure, you can say that. But on the other hand, you saw when he went up against a decent manager and a good team in the Netherlands in the World Cup, like you mentioned, took it to the last day to be able to get through. Now, he ultimately did to the round of 16, which I think was both of our goals yeah. to be able to do that. On the flip side of the coin, take the whole the whole thing that happened just We can out. leave the Gio Reyna stuff. Take it out. We've already discussed just it a million times. Throw that out. Yeah. The mind-boggling de- decision from the U.S. Federation to say, all right, you're out of contract with us. We've been linked to all these different people. We're going to play Nations League. We're going to play the Gold Cup. We're going to do that without you, and then you're going to come in after that. What are? Dude, what does that mean? I don't understand it You hired all. the guy, and if this is going to be the system that you play leading up to the World Cup, and which you're hosting in three years' time, wouldn't you want the most reps to try and get that team and everything figured out? It's you're wasting. And I know the gold cup isn't going to feature everyone that, you know, the, the nation's league thing was, I think your top flight team. You saw that. Like they, they put out the studs. Welcome Flair and Balogun. <sighs> How about that? Too? We actually He's, got a guy who can score goals. We, yeah, go figure. You have a striker. Suddenly the system works better, which I know is what the, the Burr defenders would say is he did this without a striker guys. Wait until he gets a striker. And again, part of my concern is, how did you not identify a better striker going into the World Cup? That is kind of the job. And how did you not make that adjustment? But whatever. My point here is this. And this is this is where I think we've gotten so off the rails with this discussion about Greg Berhalter. I'm, I'm talking to people on Twitter, which I know is not representative of everyone. And I know there's a lot of backlash on Twitter towards Greg, so a lot of crew fans defend him. I literally had someone tell me after they beat Mexico, they said this is a vindication of Greg Berhalter. 
And what? I said, what does that mean? I'm sorry. Did, was he was he coaching? By the way, like, Mexico just fired their coach. I, right. This whole thing about Greg being the winningest guy against Mexico, that is true. I don't think you can look at that at a vacuum and say, well, Mexico has been the Mexico of 20 years ago. You ask me who I'd rather have against Mexico, Bruce Arena or Greg Berhalter. I'm sorry. Not not Bruce Arena now. In But I'm saying when Bruce was going up against Mexico, yeah. that was a different beast than what Greg's been going up against. Not the same thing. And I'm sorry if you think that that's untrue. Go back and rewatch the tape. Go back and see what Mexico used to be to what Go they are now. And just Mexico look is at in what a they are doing free now. Fall. Yes, they're in a free fall compared to the U.S. And good, the U.S. is stabilized a bit. Does help you've had a ridiculous generation of talent that suddenly come up. I watched B.J. Uh, Callahan actually put players in positions that made sense for them, yeah. and they excelled. They looked tremendous. They looked awesome. And I, I just wonder where that was in the World Cup. And I know where it was. It was in Greg's mind where he canceled out all the things that made sense and wrote a bunch of things down that don't make sense so that we can tie Saudi Arabia or whatever. Like, that's that that boggles my mind that we decided to go back to this. Not because Greg's a bad dude, not because he's guilty of something, because I don't think Greg Berhalter advances this thing past where it's been. I think he leaves it where it's been, which is a team that's going to be plucky, get out of the group stage, and then fall flat when they play a decent Top eight, top ten team in the world. It shouldn't be your expectations. No, you should expect to be a top eight, top ten team in the world. By the time the next one comes around, when you're when you're hosting, for sure. And Mexico, by the way, they're hosting too. Abysmal. Canada might be the second best team in Conca. Is the second. Yeah, they're the, they could be the best team in Concacaf, but yeah. they didn't look like it against the U.S. Yeah. What changed, by the way, since the last time you played Canada and this time you played Canada? Alfonso Davies got put in a blender a couple of times, man. Like kids I, say, I believe he got cooked, dude. I, I don't know. Again, I'm saying you want to tell me that's a vindication of Greg. I think BJ Callahan just like polish up the resume, go get whatever job you want. Man. Go ahead, pal. You you've earned it. All right. We talked a lot of men's national team. We talked some Greg there. We'll come back and actually talk about the women's national team when we come back and get you ready for uh, a little bit more of the weekend action coming up next. You're listening to Bona Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. We're talking a lot of U.S. soccer on the program today because the Women's World Cup is starting up uh, not very long from now. July 20th, that will get going. So a little less than a month away from that. Uh, the the total roster announcement has been made, which, uh, you know, we can go through here on the women's national team for this World Cup. Uh, some notable things from it. Alex Morgan, of course, was included here, one of the the Stars of this team, Megan Rapino, will also be back. I mean, between them, you have n- over 400 caps between those two gals. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, right? I How mean, the long amount of games they have they been played. featured and foundations for this team. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, they're going to, I, I mean, I don't know how important they can be at this stage of their careers in the sense of they're important. It's important that they're there, it's important for leadership. Uh, you obviously have some players who are also really, really good. I still think Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino factor in all of this. Excited to see Trinity Rodman. Yeah. As well. Two goals, glad. 17 appearances for the women's side. Yep. Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, and Lynn Williams round out your forwards for the women's national team. Midfielders, Savannah DeMello, uh, Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, 
obviously. She's is, a beast. She's a beast. And so is Lindsey Oren. They're yeah. both that, – that midfield is going to be awesome with those two. Christy Muse, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan also getting the call at midfield. The defenders for this one, Alana, Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sofia Huerta, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sonnet. And then your goalkeepers, Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair are the three. Alyssa Nair is kind of the senior one of the bunch. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I was, I don't know if she's going to be the first choice every time, but obviously she kind of provides. Ca- I mean, 90 caps. Yeah. So. She's, she's yeah. the most senior one you've got there. Um, but this is a little bit of a tough group and a, not a tough group, a tough call rather. I mean, I you think. have the Netherlands in your group too. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. So you want vindication. Yeah, you yeah, can get right. vindication. Get it from the women, not yeah. the men, I guess. But <laughs> Vlatko Andonovsky, I think this team, it's it's not as deep as previous women's national teams that we've seen. And I think, too, which is a, a credit here to other parts of the world and Europe and South America, like the women's game has seen a lot of rise. And I know that we talked about, you know, like Women's Champions League and how it was sold out at the Emirates, right? I believe it was when Arsenal were taking on Wolfsburg and you had the women's Euros that were played a couple of years ago and that was over in England and like that was fantastic and England ended up winning that and Wembley was packed and I mean it was such a tremendously cool scene. Um, I give a lot of credit to the women's game internationally for growing like it's been a big deal here in the States I feel like for a long time because our team has been winning a lot so when you win you get a lot of coverage right everybody's kind of aware what's going on. But now there seems to be more passion and more hunger and more desire for the women's game internationally. And a lot of these countries, and I don't want to call it a down year for the women's national team because that's stupid to say, but maybe the year where they aren't at the height of their powers and they're a little bit more underdogs going into this tournament, other countries have caught up. And I think that is a fantastic thing. It's a fantastic thing for women's soccer. It's a not fantastic thing if you just want to see the women dominate again. I don't think that's going to happen this time around clearly I think as you said that the women's game has gotten so much better and all the women all the women's teams that are involved now you've you've got a handful of them that are on par or better than the U.S. women's national team I don't think they're the overwhelming favorite by any stretch going into this tournament that is different one thing I will tell you this and and I I make it a point to admit this or to say this when we don't get it right I I don't have nearly as much of a familiarity with the women's national team as I do with the men's national team yeah, I don't either and that's something that I look to correct. You know, it's uh, a thing that obviously, as you know, I talk a lot about women's sports. If you listen to our show on the radio, uh, go to the OSU women's basketball games a lot. Went out and saw Megan Rapino playing in Seattle. It was great to actually, uh, you know, get to see her uh, in, in person. And you still see the work rate from her, even though she's going to be 38 starting this World Cup. Uh, not going to play the same minutes. But that said, I, I think that as a fan of sports, a lot of times it's just bandwidth for me. I, I I don't go out and seek out the NWSL games like I should with, and I do with MLS games. I'll watch more of those, but like I could probably watch another NWL NWSL game or a women's, you know, one of their tournaments that they're playing the U S women's national team, as opposed to watching like a German game mm-hmm. that I watch, you know, where I'll find time for the German game or the Italian game randomly against Dortmund. Yeah. Or, I'll find yeah. some random Euro game on, but I, I won't find as much time for this. And I need to correct that. Cause I, I don't dislike the women's game. Been to plenty of U.S. women's games when they've been here. I've enjoyed watching women's soccer. I think it's a great product. So this World Cup, going to watch more of that as I do every Women's World Cup. And I it's get nice, more, too, more because it. they're on at 3 a.m. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's well, listen, man. Here's the thing. Uh little secret about me, I get up and run in the morning sometimes. So that'll be a nice good reason to get up. And I get then, up and just live my life. I know time, you do because you're in day. here doing your soccer <laughs> your your soccer show and your regular show. Uh but I will probably try to get up early to watch some of these games and then go on my run after I'm either frustrated because we lost or didn't play as well as I thought we could, or we won and I'm excited and that'll get me going on my run. So I can see getting up for these games and having a good time, but I'm going to do my best to watch this as much as I watched the, you know, actual, the men's world cup on that, because I watched a quite a bit of those games that did not involve my team. And I plan to do the same here. U.S. is favored in this tournament. Just from where I'm looking on FanDuel, they're okay. plus 250. Oh. Uh, to bring back the cup, England, who is really very tough. good, really tough. Second at plus three eighty, Spain at plus six fifty, yes. Germany at seven to one, France at ten to one, Australia at eleven to one. So you get a six pack of teams all within eleven to one odds. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's more wide open than it it you know was previously. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I know we still have a month till we get there, but. Uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun for us to watch, and, and I'm glad we get something else this summer to allow us to have a World Cup experience like we missed out on last summer where yeah. we had to cram that in, in the fall. Uh, hopefully never again we have to do that. Yeah, pass. But, yeah, but this will be good. Even though you have to get up early, it'll be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, go Crew. We're rooting for them against Nashville. Big game this weekend. Uh, and obviously, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United.